Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Today we continue our series on what every Christian should know. If you're going to be a doctor or a nurse, there are some things you need to know. If you're going to be a plumber, there are some things you need to know. If you're going to be an educator, there are some things you need to know. If you're going to be an attorney, there are some things that you need to know. And if you are going to be a pastor, there are some things you need to know. So it makes perfect sense that if you're going to be a Christian, there are some things you need to know. And that's been the foundation of our series uh, for the last several weeks. We began by talking about, are you a Christian for certain? Are you absolutely sure that you belong to Christ? And then we've talked about what every Christian needs to know about God, what every Christian needs to know about Jesus, what every Christian needs to know about the Holy Spirit, what every Christian needs to know about how to grow as a believer, and what every Christian needs to know about prayer. And that was last Sunday. So today, what every Christian needs to know about baptism. Why a message on what every Christian needs to know about baptism? Well, because it's important. Why? Baptism is beautiful. It is meaningful. It is symbolic. It is symbolic of our faith. It is important, and it's my favorite thing to do as a pastor. I love baptism. If you were here last Sunday, we... We had baptism. Jesus commanded, commenced his ministry by being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And then Jesus concluded his ministry by commanding baptism, by saying to his disciples, go into all the world, make disciples, and baptize those who become disciples. So the beginning and the ending of his earthly ministry circled around baptism. Don't minimize its importance because Jesus maximized its significance. It isn't important because it's Baptist. It's important because... It's biblical. Now let's look at what the Scripture says. Stand with me, please, as we honor God's Word. We're going to read very familiar verses that I will likely preach from again in a couple of weeks. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And then we're going to go over to Romans 6, verses 3 through 7. So if you want to go ahead and stick your fingers there, fine. Or you can watch the screen But first of all, Matthew 28, beginning with verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Romans 6, verses 3 to 7. Verse 3. Or don't you know 
that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. When was the last time you let your heart focus on that phrase that is your possession if you're a Christ follower? Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. We have died to sin in Christ Jesus, and baptism symbolizes that. So you may be seated. Now, there are, there, there, there are five questions that I want to ask this morning and attempt to answer as we think about what every Christian should know about baptism. And perhaps in your mind, you who are followers of Christ are even thinking back to the day that you were baptized, whether that was last Sunday or whether that was 10 years ago or 50 years ago, perhaps you can reflect on the day that you were baptized or perhaps the day that, that a loved one, a, a spouse or, or a child or a grandchild was baptized. You remember, you're reflecting and thinking about that. And no doubt in your heart there is a large measure of gratitude and celebration and thanksgiving as you reflect upon your baptism or that of someone you love. So here are the questions. You ready for the first one? Here's the first question. What is the meaning of baptism? What is the meaning of baptism? The word itself means Immersion. Biblically, immersion in water. I'll picture that by just saying immersion means all the way under and all the way back up, getting wet from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. The biblical word baptism means immersion. Baptism then is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it is the picture of our death, burial, and resurrection with Him. Baptism then symbolizes the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Well, Paul answered that question in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he said, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that is the essence of the gospel and baptism 
symbolizes or pictures, baptism pictures that gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is our, as believers, it is our public identification with Him. Our public identification with Him. When Jesus was baptized in River Jordan by John the Baptist, He was picturing in advance His own death, burial, and resurrection. And we identify with Him in our baptism. When we baptize in that baptistry as we did last Sunday morning, there are lots of people watching. Lots of people watching. Sometimes you know the person being baptized. And maybe that's why you came. You're here to see that person baptized. Or perhaps you've never seen them. You don't know their name. But you immediately know something about them when you see that person in the water. You know what that means. Here is yet another person who has identified with Jesus, who has trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, and today is publicly identifying with Jesus, unashamedly, joyfully, happily identifying publicly with Jesus. For we know that our identification with Jesus is not something done with our heads covered, that we don't want people to know that we belong to Christ. On the contrary, we want people to know that we belong to Christ. And one way we have of identifying with Jesus is in baptism. The burial in water pictures our death to sin and then our being raised up from the water is an acknowledgement of our resurrection in Christ and the fact that we in Jesus have become a new person. Baptism illustrates what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And baptism illustrates that burial and resurrection. Baptism comes after salvation. Think about it. Baptism comes after salvation. Baptism before salvation is like having your funeral before you die. It's not the correct picture. So we trust Jesus and then are baptized. And and here's how it happens. We hear the Word of God. We are drawn by the Spirit of God. And we are saved. We give our hearts and our lives to Jesus, at which point we receive the Holy Spirit. And following that, then we are baptized. Raised out of the water pictures our resurrection with Jesus. Raised to walk in newness of life. Every pastor, every person who baptizes has their own words that they say. And you just sort of through the years begin to formulate what God wants you to say. 
And so I couldn't think of a better way to say it than the way my pastor said it when he baptized me. Because I thought that that nails it. And he said, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. And so for 40-something years, that's what I've been saying when I baptize others. Buried in the likeness of his death, buried like Jesus was buried, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. That is the meaning of baptism. I have been forgiven of my sin. My sin is buried in God's forgetfulness. Do you know there are things that God doesn't remember? What He doesn't remember is your forgiven sin. Your sin I will remember no more. And from Psalm 103, verse 11, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We've gone over this before. You could come up here and say it for me. How far is the east from the west? We have no idea. And that's why God worded it the way he worded it. Fort Worth and St. Louis may say we are where the West begins, but that's just what they want to say. We have no idea where the West begins and the East ends. What we do know is that as far as the East is from the West, God's intention being infinity as far as the East is from the West, so I have cast your transgressions away from you. And baptism symbolizes that we are a new person in Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We've been raised to new life. And baptism points to our future glorification. As Paul said it in Romans chapter 5, chapter 6, for if we have been united with Him in death, a death like His, we will, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. That is the promise of God. And baptism pictures that. So that's what baptism means. Baptism teaches the gospel every time we have it. Every time we have it, the gospel is being taught. Now here's the second question. You're saying, boy, question number one took that long. We'll never get out of here. Have no fear, two, three, four, and five are briefer. That was pretty important, don't you think? If we're going to talk about baptism, we need to know what it means. Question number two, who should be baptized? Pretty basic question. Who should be baptized? The answer to that question is believers should be baptized. Matthew 28, we just read it. Go into all the world. Make disciples. And having made disciples, then what? We we teach, but we baptize. We baptize those who believe in Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, according to Romans ten thirteen. Therefore, all who are baptized, saved should be baptized as Christ's followers. It is our 
public identification with Jesus. Baptism doesn't save us. I'd be horrified if anybody left this room today thinking the pastor said baptism saves us. So may I say it as clearly as I know how, baptism does not save us. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Having said that, however, don't minimize the importance of baptism, for it is an act of obedience on the part of those who claim Jesus as Savior and Lord. According to Matthew 28, we should be baptized if we are believers. Baptism is not for unbelievers. It'd be useless for unbelievers. They'd be symbolizing something that isn't theirs. Matthew 28, make disciples and then baptize those who have become disciples. Question number three. Are you ready for number three? When should a person be baptized? When should a person be baptized? The only thing I know to do is go to the Scripture, which is what we always do. Now, the Scripture doesn't say within an hour of your salvation you should be baptized, or within a day or a week. It doesn't say when you should be baptized, except this. Every story in the Scripture of baptism follows shortly after the salvation experience, leading us to believe that baptism should take place as soon as possible following a person's salvation experience. Now, there'll be some exceptions to that, like happened not too long ago here. A child was saved. This child's parent was deployed in Afghanistan, and the family didn't want to have baptism until daddy could get home to see it. And that was several months away. So we waited until daddy got home. That is a perfect illustration of a good reason to delay baptism. However, otherwise, most all, all of the stories that we have of baptism in the Scripture come quickly after baptism. For instance, Acts chapter 10, Cornelius and his household upon being taught by Peter. For instance, Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer and his family come to Christ and are baptized. Acts chapter 2, those saved on the day of Pentecost at the preaching of Peter and the, and the apostles. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian official baptized by Philip, having, Philip having shared with him in the chariot on the road. Acts Chapter 9, Saul, Paul, shortly after his conversion experience, and the scales fell from his eyes so that he could see again, and Paul was baptized. Lengthy delays without some reason, reasonable reason, are not biblical, and a refusal to be baptized is certainly not biblical. Question number four. Are you ready? How should a person be baptized? How should a person be baptized? Well, we probably already answered that one, but let's go over it again. By immersion. Baptism. The word baptism means, in the Greek, the word baptizo in Greek means to baptize. It means to immerse. 
And later, when the Bible was being translated, that word was transliterated, and which really means invented a new word called baptism. But the literal word means immerse, getting wet all the way from the top of your head to the bottom of your, your feet. And there's really no biblical evidence for anything other than baptism by immersion. That's why a body of water is needed. Remember when Philip was with the Ethiopian official and they were in the chariot and, and they came upon a body of water and the Ethiopian official said, whoa, there's a body of water. What prevents me from being baptized? And so Philip baptized the Ethiopian official, official upon his profession of faith in Jesus. So it can be a pond. It can be a tank, you know, a water tank, that kind of tank. I mean, I know you laugh, but where I grew up, the word tank meant something the army uses. It was only when I moved to the great state of Texas that I found out a pond is a tank. I had, I had no idea. A guy I was working with when I was an engineer, we were driving to East Texas on business. He said, look at that beautiful tank out there. I'm... I'm looking for an army base. And I said, where? He said, right there. And I said, I don't see a tank. He said, there it is right there. Look at it. And I'm looking and I said, I don't see a tank. And he says, the water right there, the water, the pond. I said, oh, you mean that's what you guys call? Yeah, so I got it. Okay. A pond, a tank, a lake, a river, a baptistry, a swimming pool. A horse trough, a hole in the ground filled with water, just so long as there is enough water for immersion, that'll do. Every one of the first century theologians clearly stated and understood that the word baptism means immersion. So baptism is by immersion. Now that leads to the last question. Why should a person be baptized? It's pretty important, isn't it? Why should a person be baptized? Why wear a wedding ring? This ring symbolizes the fact that I am married to a woman named Sharon. I belong to her. I'm not available. Not that anybody would be interested, but I'm, I'm not available. To anyone, I belong to her. That's what the wedding ring symbolizes. Now, can I be married and not wear a ring? Yeah. Can I wear a ring and not be married? Yeah. But I wear a ring because I identify with the woman who is my wife, happily and gladly. Now, why should a person be baptized? We are identifying unashamedly. We are identifying publicly, openly with Jesus. And in baptism, we are being obedient. For baptism is an act of obedience. Going to all the world, make disciples of every nation. Baptizing them, it's an act of obedience. And it's that public identification, a pledge of allegiance, as it were, to Jesus. It's an advertisement of the fact that we belong to Jesus 
That's why we encourage those who are going to baptize, invite your family, invite your friends. Get as many people in here as will come who know you, even if they don't know Jesus, maybe especially if they don't know Jesus, so that they can see you baptized as you publicly identify with Jesus. You're, you're preaching a sermon. I've often said that to, to people I'm going to baptize. I'll say, this morning you're preaching a sermon. And sometimes their eyes will get kind of big like, do you mean that literally? Well, yeah, I do mean that literally. In baptism, you're preaching a, a sermon. You're advertising the fact that you belong to Jesus. And baptism is a picture, remember, of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it is our identifying with Him in death, burial, and resurrection. It is a picture of the fact that our sins are forgiven. We often say our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. Well, baptism pictures that, that our sins have been forgiven. They've been washed away. And oh my goodness, when you think about everything that you have done in your lifetime, all of the sins that you have committed, and all of them washed away, By the blood of Jesus, baptism pictures that. Baptism is an outward sign of the fact that I am saved. I have a a master to confess, and his name is Jesus. It's a witness to others. Powerful witness of the gospel. And it expresses our love for Jesus. Joyfully, as an act of obedience, I, I, I wish, I wish you could be, I wish you could all get in the water with me and watch me baptize. It's not possible, but I wish we could. To see the expressions that you can't see from out here, to, to see eyes brimming with tears, to see the joyous smiles. And by the way, when you applaud that is awesome and, and keep it up that I never I was never anywhere I never I never had a church applaud baptism and I never even thought about it it happened for the first time here for me maybe with Dr. Kemp it happened I don't know but for me I went years and everybody was quiet and there'd be some amens But I remember that first time, I was right up there. We hadn't been in this building very long. And and I I baptized a college student. And when I brought him back up, applause from his friends, and it spread around the room like wildfire. Applause. That was the beginning. And it's never stopped. I love it. Keep it up. You can clap a little louder if you want to. A little shout here or there would be okay. Jack, we like shouting, don't we? A little shouting would be okay. You know, some of you went to football games yesterday and you yelled and screamed and carried on and clapped your hands and stomped your feet. And that's good. I do that when I go to a game, if I have reason to. <laughs> I go to a game. Sometimes I don't. But my soul... What's more important than a football game? The the baptism of someone. So our rejoicing 
is not inappropriate. It is appropriate. It's a celebration. It's a moment of great joy for the person being baptized and for us as the people of God in the church. So, that's it. That's all I know to say today about baptism. There may be someone here today who who needs Jesus. So in a moment, we're going to stand and sing. Gary will lead us in a song of invitation. To give your heart to Jesus, will you slip out from your seat wherever you are, come and place your hand in mine. I'll be right here. And just say to me, Pastor, I need Jesus. A member of our staff will be here to pray with you. And then, as soon as we can, after, after you've come to Jesus, we'll schedule a baptism for you. Maybe there's someone here today who has been saved but never baptized, and you come to realize today, I, I need to be baptized. Come and let us know. And as soon as possible, we'll schedule a baptism for you. And then simply a time for those of us who know Jesus and have been baptized following our salvation experience to remember, to reflect, to rejoice, to celebrate all that Jesus has done in our hearts and in our lives. Father, thank you. We love you. We adore you. We thank you for baptism and what it means, what it pictures, for the fact that it's a beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, our death to sin, our resurrection with Jesus into newness of life. Thank you for all that it symbolizes, and I pray that we'll rejoice in every memory that we have. And, Father, that we'll be quick to share the good news of Jesus every way possible with those around us. Now, may someone come today trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord. In his name I pray. Amen. God speaks to your heart. You come as we stand and sing.